What's going on, New York Giants fans? This is a new episode of the Postgame Report podcast. I am your host, JVB. So it's been a few weeks since I've actually done a podcast regarding the New York Giants. And since then, the New York Giants lost uh, a big game to the Vikings, a heartbreaker. It was a 61-yard or something like that field goal. And then the Giants needed to beat the Indianapolis Colts, and they sure did. They destroyed the Colts. Landon Collins had a interception for a touchdown. The man looked fast. He was looking like Tiki Barber running down the sidelines. So there was a lot of positivity coming out of that game against the Colts. Now, here we are in the final weekend of the NFL season. After this, it's playoff time. And the New York Giants are in the playoffs. Now, saying that is very hard to believe because I predicted the New York Giants to win seven games. So, all the crow that I've been eating, I've eaten it with pleasure. The thing is, the New York Giants have to face the Philadelphia Eagles in the final game. Now, the Eagles have been dominating every opponent all season long. They've gone through a, uh, a, not a slump, because the team is still dangerous. But now they, they find themselves in a situation where they need to beat the New York Giants or have, I believe, the Cowboys lose, uh, even the 49ers, in order to keep that number one spot, have home field advantage, have a bye week for the playoffs, And that's very important to the Eagles because Jalen Hurt is hurt. (laughs) Jalen Hurts. So the question is going to be, do the Eagles play their starters? Do they play Hurts? Do the Giants play their starters? Or do they rest guys like Adoree Jackson, Aziz Al-Jilari, Leonard Williams? Do they risk Daniel Jones getting injured or Saquon Barkley? Now, here's a strange thought or a strange, uh, I'm going to say something a little odd here. I've been getting vibes of the 2007 season for the New York Giants. Now, the New York Giants won the Super Bowl that year. I'm not saying that the New York Giants will win the Super Bowl this year. But I have a feeling that the New York Giants are going to play a lot better than a lot of people expected in the playoffs. Now, that would mean that the New York Giants have to win a playoff game. Now, there's a possibility they could face the Vikings, and a lot of Giants fans feel that the Giants can actually beat the Vikings. Then there's the other scenario where the Giants could face the 49ers, which that would be a freaking... Monumental task. (laughs) It would take a Herculean effort for the New York Giants to beat the 49ers. That team, the 49ers, is as balanced as it gets. They have a a rookie quarterback who was, I, I believe, Mr. Irrelevant, meaning that he was the last pick of the NFL draft. And he is playing really good football. Now, granted, the 49ers have a slew of talented players in every position. So that helps. 
Whereas the New York Giants, they have a bunch of backups, free agents playing key positions. And the fact that the New York Giants are currently at nine wins with one tie, that says a lot about the team and the coaching staff. As a matter of fact, it says a lot about the organization as well because you bring in these players that nobody expected to contribute. And here we are, the New York Giants are in the playoffs. Now, the question is going to be, do the New York Giants want to play the spoiler card and spoil things for the Philadelphia Eagles? Me, I would love that scenario to happen. The thing is, if you play your starters... Here's the trick. Do you play your starters? Give them the rest that they need. Because there are some players who are injured, who are recovering, who are trying to fight through injuries and play at the same time, like Leonard Williams. Maybe give Evan Neal a break. But here's the thing. If you give Evan Neal a break, then you take away valuable experience. He is going to need all the experience, all the reps he can get especially against a team like the Philadelphia Eagles that is going to have something to play for. Do you give Algelari a rest, Lennon Williams? Now the trick is, the Philadelphia Eagles have an offensive line that is pretty damn good. They're missing Lane Johnson, so they're not as great as they usually are, but they are still way above average, still way better as a whole than what the New York Giants have on their offensive line. So it's still going to be difficult to create a pass rush with with just uh, Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence. So do you put Ojolari, who also missed a lot of time? He also needs the reps. And the Giants do need a pass rush. If they're going to win against the Philadelphia Eagles, they have to do it because their defensive line caused a lot of havoc in the passing game. The thing is, the Philadelphia Eagles can run the ball. So now if you take out Lennon Williams, Aziz Jalari, you're taking away pretty good run defenders. And even with Lennon Williams and Jalari, they still have trouble against the run. So that doesn't bode well for the backups. Now, you know, Jihad Ward, he is a really good run defender, but you're going to run right at Leonard Williams' replacement. As long as you stay away from Dexter Lawrence, you're going to get to that second level against the New York Giants linebackers, and you're going to create some freaking big runs. It, It has happened all season. And that is a strength of the Philadelphia Eagles. So it the Giants are not the type of team that can say, okay, we're going to sit our backups. Excuse me. We're going to sit our starters and have our backups play against the Philadelphia Eagles and have a competitive game. The Giants are already filled. Their, their starting roster is filled with guys who, who are either backups, practice squad players, or free agents in other teams. 
So the Philadelphia Eagles and their backups are most likely more talented what the New York Giants have on the field. But the difference is what the New York Giants have on the field, regardless of what you see at wide receiver, what you see at cornerback, what you see at linebacker, because the linebacking unit is filled with free agents. You have Jalen Smith. You have Landon Collins. The secondary, we have Moreau. We have uh, a backup safety. Well, a free agent's safety, I believe, Jefferson. Now, I'm not going to try to name names because I was butchering names the, the previous few weeks. Uh, well, the previous few episodes, I've been butchering names of, you know, backups. Now, quickly, side tangent, I do have a brain injury, so a lot of stuff I don't remember. And I think when I, when I say certain things, certain names, I, I think I'm right. And then I realize, oh, crap, I just butchered somebody's name. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick with the players that I remember are there. So at the, on the defensive line, you have Ellis as a nose tackle. Uh, the free agent defensive lineman from Pittsburgh. Madu or Ma, Ma, it almost sounds like Moreau, but it's not. And then I believe you have Anderson, who is a young player. But those names aren't going to strike fear against the Philadelphia Eagles. And despite the fact that Philadelphia Eagles are gonna, gonna they're gonna have a backup right tackle playing against the New York Giants, Thibodeau is gonna have to provide pressure against that backup tackle. And that could be negated by chipping him or just simply having a tight end stay in and, and help that right tackle. There's going to have to be some pressure from Dexter Lawrence, which is possible. The dude had one of the most intimidating looking plays that I've seen in quite some time against a Hall of Fame caliber offensive guard in Quinton Nelson who I wanted the Giants to draft the year that they took Saquon Barkley. He took Quinton Nelson, bull rushed him with one arm, and sacked the quarterback with the other arm. And then you see Quinton Nelson just fall back flat on his back. Quinton Nelson is one of the most dominant offensive linemen in the NFL. So to see Dexter Lawrence do that, I mean, if he could do it against Nelson, he could do it against anybody. So we're going to have pressure up the middle, whether Leonard Williams is there or not. And then we will have Thibodeau, hopefully, having another strong game against the Eagles. Hopefully he can provide some pressure. Now, we don't know if Menchu or Hertz is going to play. If Hertz is playing... I don't think he's going to run around too much. He might. He might get out of the pocket. He's still a better uh, escape artist than Menchu is. So you have to factor that in. So even if Hertz is not running around and designed running plays, he still can maneuver in the pocket and escape a, a potential sack. He's a big, strong kid. So it all depends who's going to be the quarterback, if they're going to play Miles Sanders a lot. 
you know, that defense is is still going to be intact, even though they lost Sweat. But they still have even even the backups to Sweat are still getting sacks. I mean, I believe they had three players with 10 sacks, at least 10 sacks on the Philadelphia Eagles defense. That's insane. Granted, Sweat was one of them, but that's a, a strong indication of a few things. That means that those players had reps that require, you know, reps against an offense that needed to pass. And that's due to the offense being explosive, the Eagles offense, that is. So you force the opposing offense to pass more than they really want to. And then you top that off with a very talented secondary. So the opposing offense has to hold on to the ball just a little longer than they want, which gives the defensive unit an opportunity to rush the passer and get some sacks. Whereas you look at the New York Giants on defense, in order for a guy like Thibodeau to get, number one, he has to get the reps, more reps against a passing offense. But because the Giants don't score at will, they don't, they're not a high-power offense or a scoring offense, you have a lot closer games which means that the opposing offense can run, pass, or do quick, short passes against a weak linebacking unit. And the New York Giants aren't actually that bad in the secondary, but what you saw when Adoree Jackson was out was that even with tight coverage, receivers were still catching the ball. It happened against the Eagles in the first game where Smith and Brown they were blanketed, but they still didn't break up the pass. And that's the difference between a backup and a starter. It's not that far apart, but the starters make plays that the backups can't do on a consistent basis. And we saw it in the secondary. So now the New York Giants have McKinney, who needs to rep. Now, he doesn't have a leg injury, which is good. He has a, he's recovering from a broken hand. It's in a splint. So he's as healthy as he's going to get. So give McKinney rep, reps. You're going to have Julian Love, who is having a really good year. Hopefully, Adoree Jackson is back. And we have Moreau. So this way, there's a little extra time for the pass rush to possibly get to whichever quarterback is playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. And then you have Dexter Lawrence in the middle. Now, the quickest way to the quarterback, obviously, is up the gut. And Dexter Lawrence is having an all-pro season. He has seven and a half sacks, countless quarterback pressures. But the thing is, the New York Giants linebackers, they can't cover. So... <laughs> You could have Dexter Lawrence right in your face, but if your linebackers aren't going to cover the tight ends or the back coming out of the backfield, it negates that pressure. Whereas the opposite happens with the Philadelphia Eagle defense where their linebackers are actually pretty good in coverage and it gives that quarterback less time to throw or a little hesitation, which allows the pass rush to get there. Once again, the difference is very minuscule 
but that's what makes a starter and that's what makes a backup. That's what makes a, a great pass rush and an average pass rush. Now the Giants have been the last five weeks, their pass rush has been getting there. And there's no coincidence that it all started when uh, Kayvon Thibodeau suddenly, uh, especially with the knee brace off, he just woke up. He woke up, and now he's playing at a very fast pace. Now, he missed some games, so he's hitting that stride. And with the experience that he is gaining, the kid's going to be dangerous. And he is already showing that he's dangerous. Now, on a side note, there's the issue where he was doing Snow Angels uh, next to Folk, uh, Foles, Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles is like in agonizing pain <laughs> on the floor rolling around, and people were criticizing Thibodeau. If you never played football, if you never had a helmet on, you won't know exactly why. Thibodeau couldn't see Foles laying there. And obviously, the people that were criticizing Foles never been in the stadium where you had 70,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs. So I I found that it, it was, I'm glad Foles is not like, you know, I, I thought maybe he broke ribs or or something like really major happened. You know, you don't want to see a career ending injury. And I was a little nervous, but once they said, okay, he's okay. I was able to laugh because it was really strange that he, that Thibodeau was there for so long doing snow angels. And then you have one guy rolling around in agonizing pain next to him. So it was a weird scenario. Uh, but Thibodeau is, Man, the kid is is definitely showing signs of why he was the number one recruit coming out of high school. And then you see why he was potentially the number one pick in some draft, uh, ex, you know, in some draft uh, mock drafts. And then suddenly all the rumors about his hustle, his love for the game, all of a sudden that came out and then his stock went down and then you know you had the issue with the combine he only did a few a few drills and so people just went crazy with all of the talk about his love for the game his hustle and here is Thibodeau showing this year that he is making plays 30 yards down the field by not giving up on 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 plays he is disrupting plays with his hustle He's getting sacks. The kid is a disruptor. And I am so happy for the kid. So Thibodeau is somebody that the Eagles need to worry about. Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence, he is somebody that the Eagles need to worry about as well. Which is great. It's been a while since the New York Giants have had that type of impact player like Strahan, uh, Pierre Paul, Justin Tuck. You know, those individuals where every game you knew that those players were going to make a play. And it's amazing to think that uh, at one point, the New York Giants had Strahan, Tuck, Yuminore, and 
Jason Pierre Paul. I mean, that is freaking sick. Uh, wow, that that uh, you know that that when you think about that unit, and, and I know I'm going off on a tangent, but when you think about the, those four players being together, holy crap! Um, Kiwanuka was another one, uh, a pass rusher for the New York Giants, um, and then transition to to linebacker, very versatile player. So. New York Giants need that type of depth on the field where if you want to take Thibodeau out, you have a potentially uh, effective pass rusher coming in to replace him. And right now, the Giants don't have that. If you take out Lawrence, if you take out Thibodeau and Ojolari, the New York Giants don't have anything uh, in regards to a pass rush. So that is very dangerous against the Eagles. Now, the big question is going to be, do the Giants play them? The Giants play their starters. Uh, the offensive line definitely needs to remain intact. I know I said that Neil might uh, benefit from resting his knee and resting his shoulder injury, but he's going to need reps. If he's going to play against the 49ers, he needs reps. If he's going to play against the Minnesota Vikings, he still needs reps because he struggled against the Vikings. He needs as many reps as he can get. So is Gates. So is uh, Bredesen, who just returned from an injury a few weeks ago. So the line, the offensive line, needs as many reps together. So I don't see them resting guys on the offensive line. Now, if they, if the Giants coaching staff, Dable, decides, okay, whether we're winning or losing – the starting unit is only going to play two quarters. I could see that uh, being beneficial because you give the backups some reps and you rest your starters for whoever you're going to play, either the Vikings or the 49ers. Now, that would mean that either Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor has to face some defenders breaking through if you're going to start backups like I'm sure Andrew Thomas can use a nice rest but he's an all pro left tackle and Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor they're going to need that protection the Eagles are going to come after them they need this game as well they need this game more than the Giants do but the Giants need to either and this is why I brought up 2007 they need to be so competitive in this game that they scare the Eagles, or they, as a matter of fact, scared the entire NFL, which is what some what the Giants did in 2007 when they nearly beat the undefeated Patriots in the last game of the season. They scared the NFL because people started to realize, holy crap, this New York Giants team woke up and that defense is ferocious. That is why I said I have a sense, uh, I feel like 2007 is 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 unfolding before us in the sense that the team is waking up at the right time and and they're somewhat dangerous because it is it is part coaching part scheme and 100% uh a situation where the entire team is playing together as every NFL team is supposed to play 
obviously on offense you have Barkley, who is the superstar. You have Daniel Jones, who has been impressing everyone. And he's dangerous with his legs. After that, there's nobody else. <laughs> Whereas I said there was a few key players on defense, like Dexter Lawrence, Thibodeau, Ojolari, Leonard Williams, Odori Jackson when he's back there. Xavier McKinney, who was having a really good season before he broke his hand. You have some key players on the defense that are very dangerous against their opponents. Whereas on offense, you have two players. And then you have Andrew Thomas, who is nullifying the pass rush on his side, but there's weaknesses in the interior that is getting better, which is great. It has been better. So if that continues where the interior is giving Daniel Jones time to pass and the scheme is going to create openings for the wide receivers and the tight ends. Teams are going to have to now respect the passing game and then respect the chance that Daniel Jones takes off. And of course, that is going to create more opportunities for Saquon Barkley in the running game. And Breida has been playing really good in his opportunities. He's been getting a lot more opportunities. So there's a chance we could see a lot of Breida, a lot of Brightwell, Tyrod Taylor. But we're talking about guys who's never, who have never been in the playoffs. And I'm talking about Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. They need play. They need, this is like a playoff game against the Eagles. This is a, a Definitely a good game to prepare for the rigors of the playoffs. Because the Eagles, once again, they they want if they want that number one spot, they're going to play a lot of their key players, their key starters. And even if they play their backups, they, those backups are no slouch. On paper, those backups would be starters for the New York Giants easily. So there's a lot to consider for this game for the New York Giants. Do they play the starters? Do they rest guys? And do they let the, the Eagles win? That's all it comes down to. Are you going to fight the Eagles legitimately with all of your starters and make the Eagles earn a win if they do win? Do you beat up the Eagles, which I would love to see, I would love to see a game where the Giants just beat up on, on key players of the Eagles, make life a living hell. And, of course, I would like the Giants to win against the Eagles. But you're talking about a team that has some desperation and has amazing talent in all levels of, of the game. <laughs> in every position. They have, like, Pro Bowl is everywhere. So it's not an easy combination, but if the Giants can... Continue the momentum where the offense is legitimately passing the ball. Not with little schemes. I mean, not schemes, but little gadget plays and stuff. Daniel Jones is stepping back, looking for open receivers, and delivering the ball. It is a traditional-looking passing game. And that's because the offensive line has gotten a little better. If, that if the Giants' offensive line continues to provide 
pressure, I mean, provide protection for Daniel Jones, the New York Giants offense will go from being unpredictable to dependable. And combine that with the Giants defense, anything could happen. Anything can happen because that means the Giants can win games running or passing. Now it's the playoffs, so the Giants have to do this against the best teams in the NFL now. (laughs) So this is, number one, a great season for the New York Giants because, once again, nobody thought the New York Giants would be in the playoffs. So there's a lot to be excited about. Number two, the Giants are rebuilding as they go. So the future is bright. This experience is going to give a lot of key players for the New York Giants the experience they need to take the next step next next season. And third, anything can happen in the playoffs. Look at the New York Giants in 2007. Granted, you had Eli Manning, which, you know, say what you will against Eli Manning, but he was cold as ice, and he took chances in the playoffs. And then he, he had, like... You know, Victor Cruz and Hakeem Nix. I mean, he had some talent around him. So, and that offensive line. The offensive line in 2007 was way better than the, than the offensive line now for the New York Giants. So there was some differences. But you see the chemistry. You see before our eyes these players growing and being more confident. And that's a dangerous thing because now this Eagles game, is a warm-up game for the playoffs. It's a new season now for the New York Giants. They're in the playoffs, but this is a statement game for the New York Giants. If they beat the Eagles, or let's say they lose against the Eagles, but they still beat up the Eagles, and it's a close game, because remember, the Eagles need this game. If that happens, just like 2007, the NFL is is warned the NFL needs to you know all the NFC teams that are in the playoffs are now going to think of the New York Giants as a legitimate concern and anything could happen that's why you play the game right the old saying that's why you play the game because any given Sunday something can happen so I'm very excited I'm very excited to see what the New York Giants are going to do against the Eagles if they decide to play all their starters and what kind of momentum that's going to give the Giants against either the Vikings or the 49ers. So all I can say to fellow New York Giants fans is enjoy what we are experiencing because it is, it was unexpected, but it's not by accident. This team earned it. This team earned this playoff berth. And, uh, it wasn't a fluke like Joe Judge's first year where because the NFC East was so bad that the Giants were going to make it with a horrible record. And then, you know, the, the I believe one team didn't lose or blah, 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 and the Giants couldn't make it. And No, the New York Giants earned it this time around. And that that's great. That, you know, before the Giants won in 90 against the Bills and the, the, the Super Bowl. The following year, they went to the playoffs against the Rams, and that was the famous game where Flipper Anderson, in overtime, 
caught a bomb and ran in the tunnel. The game ended. He kept running in the tunnel, and the Giants were eliminated despite the Giants being the better team. So that fired them up for the following season, and the New York Giants in 90 were a dominant team. So it starts somewhere. Winning teams begin somewhere, and this is, this is the beginning. We're watching the very beginning of a New York Giants team that is going to be dangerous for quite some time. So enjoy it. Enjoy it, folks. So anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. As always, I'm JVB. I appreciate you guys listening to my podcast. I'll talk to you later.